Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition Podcast. Here, we'll discuss nutrition for health, wellness, and energy for everyday life. Welcome to episode three of Finding Your Nutrition. Last week, we had a good episode about the 15 signs or so of prediabetes that I experienced um, before I even knew I had prediabetes. And in this episode, I want to go back a little bit and tell you about how I officially found out I had prediabetes and how that process was for me. And then I'll go into how I felt after finding out and what actually happened after that. So even though I did have all of those symptoms that I talked about in the last episode, such as dizziness when standing up and blurry vision and so on, you should watch that last episode if you haven't just yet. I, for a very long time, didn't really attribute it to prediabetes. Um, And I know for a very long time, my dad always told me that I should get a blood test just because I'm an adult now and, and it's something I should do and it's something most people do every year at least. Um, so I did put it off for quite a while. Um, but eventually, after a lot of these symptoms and and things like that built up, I did think it was important to at least check. Um, so after many, many months of putting it off, uh, I got a blood test and... I was a bit afraid to get a blood test as um, I'm not good with fasting in the morning. As I said in the last episode, when I don't eat and I'm hungry, I get quite faint and dizzy. So just that aspect of not being able to eat in the morning was a bit uh, of a challenge for me and something I didn't want to do. Um... So that was one thing I had to get over. But once I did schedule it and I did go in for the blood test, I ended up being being okay. I didn't pass out or anything. And afterwards, I made sure I I ate um, and I had a, a normal day. So that was fine. It was a lot of anticipation waiting for the results but it didn't take too long. I got it back, I think, the the day after. So I did a blood test in the morning and then had a full day. And then the morning after I woke up and I saw the notification on my phone to check the results. And I opened it and I saw a couple of numbers in the red and I didn't know exactly what it meant at first but um, it was the two things in the red which eventually 
um, made me realize that I had prediabetes. Um, but when I first saw those numbers, I really had to Google tons of things and do tons of research into what it meant and and what to do from there. So basically the two numbers which were off were my fasting glucose and my HbA1c, which were both in the prediabetes range. Uh, there is one more way of diagnosing prediabetes, but that's not um, one that's done from a normal blood test, so I won't talk about that in this episode. But for the glucose, prediabetes um, is between 100 and 125. That's your fasting glucose level, and mine was basically in the middle of that. And HbA1c, anything between 5.7 and 6.4 is considered prediabetes, and I was at the lower part of that range. Um, so I wasn't on the border of almost having prediabetes, it's that I was already in the prediabetes range, um, which was definitely scary for me. And I remember uh, after doing a lot of research and trying to understand better what this really meant, it was scary because you see a lot of places saying once you have prediabetes, um, you know, half of people in 10 years will have diabetes or lots of things like that. And so I had a full day basically of being very, very depressed and and sad about seeing the results there and and I almost laugh now because because I got over that and and I really completely changed my path but back then thinking back to that day I didn't realize there was a path to reversing prediabetes I thought and I heard from some people that it's just genetic and there's nothing I could do. But fortunately for me, I realized that that was completely not true. And there definitely are ways to reverse prediabetes. And that's what eventually led me to open this podcast and go on this journey to try to spread this message and help other people. So I had that one day of being very upset and and not knowing what to do. And I basically just stayed in my room and in bed all day, um, a bit depressed and Googling different things and being very worried about my health. You know, I had a history of being thin and everyone thinking I'm healthy and being able to eat whatever I wanted or at least think I was able to eat whatever I wanted and not gain weight and not have any bad side effects, even though I did have a lot of side effects which came from the way I was eating. 
but overall I lived a pretty normal life and you know a lot of the symptoms I had are a lot of things that a lot of people have so it didn't seem like anything different to me but now looking back at it it really was life-changing this discovery of finding out that I had pre-diabetes and then going on the journey of reversing that and and that was really um, one of the best moments I would say of my life is being able to really change that and feel so much better and have tons and tons of positive impacts on my life. So I do want to go forward in time a little bit and I'm going to talk about actually the day after and that's when I did more research and found things which hopefully should help me with my with my journey and getting my glucose levels under control. And I'm going to talk about the action items that I put in place for myself, basically the things that I wanted to implement into my life to change the situation which I found myself in. So I wrote down on my phone eight different things that I wanted to stop and three different things that I wanted to start as a first step. And this is a list that I looked at for many weeks and months after that day where I really changed um, my lifestyle and how I was eating and how I was living day to day. So number one, and this is in no particular order, but it's just how I wrote it, was I needed to stop drinking juice. So before that, I was drinking juice almost every day, and it wasn't it wasn't straight up juice, it was watered down juice. Just because I liked the flavor, I didn't realize how bad it was, and for me at least, um, I know some people do say there are benefits still of juice, but for me who was already having high glucose levels, it definitely wasn't a good thing. Number two was to reduce chocolate and cookie intake. Um, so that was another one and the chocolate i was eating was actually the salty lint chocolate which has lots and lots of sugar in it um, it says dark chocolate on it but i never previously looked at the ingredients or really cared before finding out about pre-diabetes to really dig deep into what's in certain items and the health facts about certain foods. So I realized that chocolate I was eating was about half sugar. 
And now if I do eat chocolate, I make sure it's 85 or 90% chocolate and it has very low amounts of sugar in it. Number three was to reduce pasta, rice, and bread. And all three of those um, were hard for me to implement, but it's something I implemented and um, to this day I eat much less pasta, rice, and bread. I really loved pasta, uh, so that was a really difficult one for me. Um, but I made some substitutions that work for me that we'll talk about in the future. Number four was to drink black coffee instead of uh, cappuccino. So I wanted to reduce the milk I was drinking as milk does have carbs. But that being said, um, I did go back to drinking some more milk and it doesn't have the amount of carbs that a big bowl of pasta or lots of rice have. So to me, drinking a little milk now is totally fine. But back then, I did really reduce the amount of milk I was having. Number five was to stop eating yogurt with added sugar. And back then, I was eating lots of yogurt with added sugar, which I didn't realize how bad it was and how much sugar was in it. So now I basically just eat Greek yogurt or yogurt with nothing added into it. And if I want to add my own things into it, I'll add cinnamon and some fruit. And that's basically about it. Number six was to stop eating dried fruits. So dried fruits have lots of sugar in them. Um, and I was putting dried fruits, especially, for example, dried cranberries. I was putting them on my salads. Um, because before that, when I did start trying to eat healthier, I would cut up big salads. And then I would still make the mistake of putting lots and lots of dried fruits in the salads. And it's basically just like adding sugar to salads, which why do we need to do that? Number seven was to cut out spices with sugar. So that's one that I cut out some spices, which I saw had more sugar but I still do use lots of spices to this day. Um, spices that have carbs, but not additional sugar added to it. And the last point I had was to stop eating after 8 p.m. So I wanted to start fasting a little bit, not true on intermittent fasting, but at least increase my window of fasting just by a little bit and have a bit more time before going to bed to digest everything. So these eight points were things I looked back on for many months and it was the real base of my diet change. Now I added many, many more things to this and learned 
how I can eat in a way that I enjoy um, in the months after that and up until now. So that's a topic that we'll talk about later. But for now, this is the base. These are the main things which initially helped me to change basically my high glucose levels. And in addition to those things that I wanted to stop, I had a few things that I wanted to add. One was more vegetables with olive oil or tahina. And I wanted to add in those healthy fats and I wanted to add in more vegetables. So for example, in the past I used to eat a big plate with rice on the whole plate and then I would add some type of meat on top. Now I wanted to cut the rice out and have or reduce the rice by a lot and have a whole plate of veggies with a healthy fat and also a protein too. I wanted to start carbs from starchy veggies or fruits or legumes such as beans or lentils instead of the carbs I was eating from pasta or rice or bread or things like that. So I wanted to add in the healthy carbs while basically reducing or removing all of the processed, simple, unhealthy carbs that I was eating. And the last one was I wanted to run once a week. And that did not end up happening exactly, but it was one of the things I wanted to start. I added some other things instead of running, but for now, that's the main things I wanted to add to, to my routine. So now that we went over all of the things I wanted to stop and all of the things I wanted to start doing, I want to go over one more thing that I kept on this list that I kept going back to over and over again to keep up my motivation and basically keep me on the journey towards reversing prediabetes. And that was something called Imagine Success. So I wrote down a few different points which I basically envisioned myself in the future and I thought, how could I be successful along this journey? If I went six months in the future and I looked back at this, or even three months, what things would I have to achieve to really see myself as successful and that I got my health back into my own hands? So I wrote down a few things here. It's not even all of the things from the signs and symptoms of prediabetes because back then I didn't even realize that these things were due to prediabetes. Some of these things that just went away and improved in my life, I only realized afterwards that it had something to do with prediabetes and glucose issues. So I'm going to get into it. 
So imagining success, number one, I feel great and have more energy. Uh, the next one was my eyes stopped getting foggy and the little twitch on that I had on my right eye stops. I had that my HbA1c is back to healthy levels and no longer in prediabetes in the prediabetes range. I had the point of no more peeing in the night. I had better sleep. And the last one I wrote down was I can tell my family and friends and help them too if they want. And part of that is actually translating to now, which is telling anyone who wants to listen to this story and anyone who may have the same symptoms I had and wants to reverse their prediabetes and have energy and feel great. So these were the things I wrote down and the things that I thought about in the weeks and months after the blood test and learning about prediabetes and the things I really wanted to change and improve in my life. So this was the major goal I had for these few months in addition to working and all normal life things. This was one of the things that I thought about every day in making all of my nutrition decisions and making decisions about what foods I eat and when I stop eating at night and if I'm snacking on the wrong things. So it was a really important thing that I kept in mind for a long time. And now I do basically the habits that I put into place, I do it without even thinking now. So back then when I had to look and I had to remind myself the rules or the ways of living that I wanted to implement, now it's just second nature. And all of these things have really, really impacted my life in an amazing way. It's amazing how much more energy now I have than I had in the past. Just being able to do so much more with my time and many more amazing impacts. So this was basically how it was at the very beginning of the stage after finding out about prediabetes and I'm gonna go into a lot more detail and a lot more information about what I did and how it was in the months after coming up in the next episodes. So we'll also talk about things I learned along the way and things I changed from my initial thinking and the whole journey. So it was nice to go back and think about this part and this time in my life where I had to make all of these changes and before I knew what the future would be. And now to look back and see 
all of their amazing impacts is is a nice feeling. So it was fun today. I'll see you next Tuesday on the next episode. And peace out. Mm-hmm.